James chapter 1, verses 13 to 17. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And then flip ahead to chapter 5. I'm going to read the last two verses. It says, uh, chapter five nineteen. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word tonight. God, I'm just so thankful that tonight we don't uh, don't have to kind of like wander around in the dark and share different ideas of what we think you are. Like God, you have spoken clearly and definitively. And Holy Spirit, you have given us your word. This book that we just read is the sword of the Spirit. And thank you, God, that when we we open it, we can know that we know that we just heard from God and that we can know that we know truth and that you speak to us through this book. So Holy Spirit, would you just come right now? Would you meet with us? Would you encourage us? Would you challenge some of us? Would you show us all the glory and beauty of Jesus? We just want to meet with you and worship you. And God, on this particular topic of temptation, Lord, would um, we just be really honest with you tonight? Would we allow your word to speak and to, to convict and to cut and do that like difficult work that your word does sometimes? We right now want to be a people that are humble and contrite and tremble at your word. We submit to you right now, God. You are God in heaven. We submit to you. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'll be honest. This sermon is a little gnarly. It's about temptation, um, and I'll, I'll just start it light. Uh, I have an honest confession to make to you guys. Um, I love trespassing. I don't know why, but I love it. It's something that I love to do. If Wherever I am, if it's like out at the mall, if I'm just somewhere else, I will always check just like locked, I'll just check closed doors just to see, just to see like, well, maybe if it's in and if, if it's open in my mind, somehow I rationalize, well, then I should be able to go in, right? Because it's unlocked. Like I just love trespassing. Um, one of my favorite things is just to get onto the roofs of buildings just because like, I just think I like want to know if I can do it. Like that's really all it is. Once I'm there, I don't really want to hang out. I just like, okay, I did it. I, I'm good to go. I can go now. Another one is whenever huge buildings are being built, I love sneaking into them because it's just cool. Like they're half built and you get to see stuff. Um, I'll even confess because most Westmont students aren't here. There's this building that was getting built at Westmont and uh, I was an RA, which means I was like in charge of a bunch of like people. And I took, all of us went and just explored the new building and we just wrote in Sharpie on the walls, just our names. And it's just down there somewhere in the Westmont building, just hidden underneath. I just love that. I don't know why, but I love to do that. And we, if we're honest with each other, we have like random temptations that are just funny to us, like just random, random temptations. Like we can kind of laugh about them. Oh yeah, like whatever. Like maybe it's just, maybe for you it's food. Maybe it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna have one more donut. 
I know I shouldn't, but I'm just going to have one more donut. That's also mine. Um, maybe it's just hitting the snooze button like a couple too many times, right? Maybe that's, that's also mine. Uh, they, these are like, what are those like? They just all just confess to you all the things that come to mind. Uh, maybe it's you're on Netflix and you're like, okay, just one more show, right? We all know just one more episode and we know how that goes, right? Like it could just, hours, never one more. Um, Maybe it's just, here's one, like just checking social media when we're working or we know we're supposed to be studying or we know we're supposed to be listening to a sermon and you're just like, yeah, this is kind of, just let me check it real quick, right? We all do that. We have these like little seemingly harmless temptations. But here's the thing, temptations go deeper than just those seemingly harmless things that we do. Some of us may be tempted uh, to worry. Maybe that's your personality type, that's your disposition, Um, which maybe then leads to anxiety, which then maybe leads to like, I have to control things. Uh, Maybe some of us or all of us are tempted sexually. Maybe that's just like our private life without people around, or maybe that's like with other people. Like we have these sexual temptations. Uh, Maybe some of us have, like we're just tempted towards like the things of this world. Like maybe not even bad things, like just money or success or possessions. Like, man, I I just want more of this stuff. Uh, maybe for some of us, it's our reputation. Like we're just tempted to obsess over what our friends think or what they think or what our coworkers think. Or, or like for whatever reason, let's say 10 people like you, but one person doesn't, like you just obsess over that one person. Like why don't they like me? And how, do, how can I win them? Maybe some of us are tempted towards just like shortcuts, uh, like integrity, right? Like I'm just gonna bend the truth a little bit. I'm just gonna like clock in a little bit. Like, you know, I'm just, what can I just, white lies, how can I just bend and shortcut my way through life? And so temptation is a, it's a real thing that we have all faced. In fact, temptation, you guys, is the first thing Satan does when he interacts with humans. That's the first thing he did when God created a perfect world. He used temptation. And so temptation is a big deal. We can pretty much owe all of the brokenness in your life and in the world to people giving into temptation. And so James tonight is like, hey, we're going to talk about temptation. And he has four points, four important truths that he has for us about temptation. Um, I'm just going to walk through them. The first truth is this. Temptation does not begin with God. Now, Sometimes when you read the Bible, even like when I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to study, the Bible says things that you're like, that's kind of obvious or like, really, is that, are we gonna spend a whole point on this? But usually the Bible's smarter than we would think it is. And there's something in there when we like really meditate on it. So James says, temptation doesn't start with God. If you remember verse 13, he says, let no one say when he, chapter one, verse 13, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. So let's just sit on an obvious truth that we maybe forget. God is good. He is good. Uh, He says in verse 17, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. It's this weird picture where like, um, I don't know, let's say a piece of art could be pretty good looking on the one side, but like on the back, it's just like, you don't look at the back of the sculpture. And so if you put the light just right, oh yeah, that piece of art looks good. Yeah, okay. But if you were to like turn it around or if you were to like look on the backside or if you were to adjust the light, you'd be like, oh, actually it's flawed. What James is saying is no matter how you look at God from whatever angle, under what lighting, from the beginning of time to the end of time, there is nothing evil or wrong or flawed in him. 
It doesn't matter who you are, what your experience is, what perspective you're looking at him from. He is perfect. There is no variation. There is no shadow due to change. God doesn't just look good. He is good. He's perfect from no matter where you look at him. He is perfect. And so that's good news because, listen, God does not tempt you. Do you know what God does? He delivers you from temptation. Remember what Jesus taught us to pray? Deliver us from evil. God never tempts us. He delivers us. Now, listen, this is why as I sat with this truth, this is important. Some of you may be tempted to walk away from God and to live in sin because you think God isn't good. Some of you maybe this week have done something or maybe some of you in your past have done something or maybe some of you right now are like on the verge of doing something you shouldn't do because you're tempted to think God isn't good. And you know what? Since God's let me down and God isn't good, then, then maybe I should just go my own way then maybe I should give in to this temptation. And listen, that's the first lie Satan says to you. Hey, God isn't good. The first lie, Satan's never gonna say, hey, it's time for you to ruin your life. Hey, you should go do this crazy thing that's just as wicked sin. Do you know what he says to you? He says, God isn't good. When you're suffering, James just before this was talking about trials. If you guys read James, you know, familiar with that. He starts off saying, hey, rejoice in our trials. But he's, he's pointing out that when we have trials, what's our first temptation that we think? Man, where is God? Like, what is he doing? Or maybe just God isn't good. And if God isn't good, then I can have my sin. And so right now, you guys must believe this truth. God is good. He is good. And Satan will lie to you today and tomorrow and every day of your life. God is not good. God is holding out on you. God is keeping you from good things. Therefore, you should go get that on your own. Remember what he said to Eve? Like God created a perfect world. She had everything she needed. God was like, hey, just don't eat from that tree because if you do, everything will be ruined forever. But he didn't explain that, but he's like, just don't do that. And what does Satan do? He says, is God, did he really say that? Is God really good? God is holding out on you. You guys, our temptation is to believe God is holding out on you. He's holding out on something good. He's holding out, here's life out here and God's like, you can't have it. I'm keeping it from you because I'm not good. When you feel that way, no, that's a lie from the devil. God is good and everything he does is good. And so when you're tempted, remember this. Remember, do you know what? No, God is good. God is good. I'll get practical real quick. Maybe some of you guys are single right now um, and you desperately like want somebody in your life. Maybe a spouse, maybe just a friend, maybe just a boyfriend or girlfriend. The the first temptation is gonna be this. You know what? God's not good. He's holding out on me. I don't have this thing. Therefore, God isn't good. And if God isn't good and he's holding out good things, do you know what? Now I'm far more tempted to just go get whoever in my own strength, my own way. doesn't matter if they're walking with the Lord. doesn't matter if I'm not going to marry them. I I just, I'm, I'm tempted now to go get this thing on my own. And that's the path of temptation. It starts with thinking God isn't good. And so that's point number one. James says, listen, you have to remember God is good. The second truth about temptation is this. Temptation begins with us. Remember, it doesn't start with God. Temptation, point number two, begins with us. Look at James chapter one, verse 14. This is what he says. 
Each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Okay, I just want to get real with you guys. No one is telling you you're wicked. No, you're not going to watch any TV show. You're not going to read any book. You're not going to listen to any song where you say, hey, don't trust yourself. Don't trust your desires. No one is telling you that. But the Bible right here is saying, hey, your own desires is where the problem lies. The problem lies within yourself. Not like God out there, not even Satan. Where does temptation start? With our own desires. Listen, God loves you, but you are your worst enemy. You, we, me. None of you guys, you could try and sabotage my life. Do you know who could sabotage my life more than any of you? Me, I can. We have to have this sober picture of ourself. Man, I am my own worst enemy. And temptation starts in my own heart. Now, this is important. Uh, we're not Buddhists, meaning uh, Buddhists say, hey, do you know what? Here's the goal. Get rid of your desires. Because if you don't have any desires, then you won't ever be let down, right? Expectations, just set your expectation bar really low, and then you're fine. No, never get let down. God is not saying your desires are wrong. God is not saying, hey, don't desire stuff. Get rid of all your desires. In fact, look at verse 17. This is cool. He explicitly says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So what, do you know what he's saying? Do you know who came up with sex? Anybody know who came up with that? Satan? No, God did. Do you know who came up with the good gifts of friends? Satan? No, God did. Do you know who came up with the amazing idea of food and taste buds and just nerve endings in my stomach? God did. Everything that we enjoy, everything you are tempted to do that's, that's wrong is good. And it's from God. Everything. There is not a physical thing on this planet that is not a good gift from God. So your desire for food, your desire for sex, your desire for a spouse, your desire for pleasure are not bad. They are a good gift, even a perfect gift, and they came from God. So God is good, and God's stuff is good. So what's the problem? The problem is when we desire a good thing our own way, right? That's the problem. Like a broken desire, if you will. When Adam and Eve rebelled against God, something broke in every human heart, and now we want God's good gifts in a bad way. That's essentially what temptation is. Temptation is seeking a good thing the wrong way. That's what temptation is. God's good gifts the wrong way, right? So get really practical. God gave us sex. It's an amazing thing. Came up, God came up with it, not Satan. God is good. Sex is good. But I want to enjoy it my way, meaning, you know, whatever that may mean meaning with as many people as possible. God's like, no, that's not how I designed this gift. Yeah, but God, you're not good. Or God, why are you holding out on me? God's like, no, I'm good and my gifts are good. But don't be tempted to go get my gifts the wrong way. Food, thank God, is good. It is not wrong to enjoy food. But it is wrong for me to just eat in and out and donuts every time I desire, right? And I honestly am like, please, God, can I just do that? He's like, you're gonna need some vegetables. You're gonna need some fruit. It's just not good for you. We know this, little kids. Like, please, can I just have this? You're like, 
my wife and I walk through the campgrounds uh, like most nights just because we love camping and it's fun. And we just hear little kids like crying out to their parents. Like, please, can I have like whatever is ice cream? Like, well, yeah, but you have to eat dinner. And they say like, I'll eat tomorrow. Just give me ice cream. Like, that's how I am. Our parents know like, hey, food is good. Ice cream's good. There's nothing wrong with sweets, but you have to enjoy it the right way, the proper way. And our temptation is, nope, I am smarter and wiser than God and I'm gonna find more joy in enjoying God's good gifts my own way. Success at work, in your career is a good thing. God doesn't want us just to like suck at life. He didn't just give you gifts and say, now just suck at it. Success is good. But the temptation is I wanna be successful my own way. Meaning I I don't wanna be honest here. I don't wanna be above reproach here. I'm gonna bend the truth here. God is saying success is good, but you have to like approach it my way. Just pleasure in general. Your nerve endings in general are from God. But it is sin when we say, I want to experience that my own way. Temptation is seeking a good thing that came from a good God, our own way. And James gives us this picture of how temptation works, right? He says, so listen, don't blame God. Temptation starts with your own desire. And then he uses these words. He says, temptation happens when you're lured and enticed by your own desire. Like those words, even in English and they're in Greek, it's, he's using fishing words. Like he's actually using, these are words that fishermen use. A lure, we know about lures, right? If you don't know, it's like a fake looking fish or bug, but it has a hook in it. And, in, and entice, meaning bait. He's saying, this is how temptation works. And he actually gives it to us. It's like a three-step process. Number one, you are presented with a good thing. That would be the bait, right? Bait, let's just say it's a double-double from in and out and I'm just like, yes, this is good. That you're presented with a good thing. Maybe it's sex. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a relationship. All good things. Satan, or not even Satan, you will see a desire and you will be like, I want that. That's good. I want that thing. But here's what happens. Number two, you are lured and enticed by your broken desire, okay? So here's a good thing. I want this good thing. But now, number two, I'm broken and my desires are broken. And so I'm lured to get this thing outside of how God said you should get it. Really practical. I want sex outside of a covenant relationship. I want alcohol or food to an excess amount. I want success my own way. So it's a good thing, but now I'm being lured by my broken desires. And then number three it's gonna be presented to you as it is to fish in the most harmless way possible, right? Like you don't, if any of you guys go fishing and you have a little worm, you don't just like put like one hook through the worm, it's just dangling there and it's just like a hook with a worm hanging. Like you like, it's sad, but you like get the hook all in the worm so you can't even see the hook and it's just this happy looking worm. When you are gonna be tempted, it will be presented to you in the most harmless, attractive looking way possible. And you'll know like, yeah, I know this isn't exactly what God said, but it will be presented to you the most harmless way possible. That bait is hiding the hook. We'll say things like, it's just a little thing, or listen, I love this person, or I'm engaged and I'm gonna be married in three days. Like, it's just this small little thing, right? We know it's off, but it's just, it's a good thing and it's, it looks fine. And what happens when we have our broken desires and we look at that hook That's the third point James has for us, and it's this. The third point is this. Temptation leads to death. Temptation 
leads to death. James 1.15, I'll just read it again. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. When sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. Again, it's going to present itself small. Your desires are just going to be like, man, this is a good thing. It looks harmless. It can always just be justified. This really isn't that big of a deal. But something happens when we give in that desire. He changes metaphors and he starts talking about a baby. He says, it's like a tiny baby in the womb. This thing was conceived now. When I give in to my desires in a way that I know is wrong, something happens. Something, I actually conceive sin. And like babies in the womb, it grows. It just is going to grow and it'll grow subtly. And you may not even notice it. People don't know they're pregnant for months. My wife and I are pregnant. We didn't know till like three months or something. Like it's growing. This is growing in you. And when, this is crazy, James uses a birth metaphor. When it gives birth, it gives birth to death. It's this weird metaphor James uses, but here's the point. Our tiny broken desires for a good thing, when we give into that, it will end in death. Now listen, just get really practical. The next time you're presented with a temptation, probably tonight, right? The next time you're presented with a temptation, just tiny, small, it's not a big deal temptation, you're to look at it and say, you will lead me to death. That's our, that should be our honest posture. You will lead me to death. Yeah, but it's just this little desire. It's just one more. It's every, like, it's what? It's just this little baby. It's just a little, it's harmless. You should look at every temptation and know if I go that way, it will end in death. It will ruin my life. And listen, do you know what Satan's just gonna do? He's just gonna be egging you on. Hey, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay, just hide it. Just let it grow. Do you know what the world's gonna tell you? Who doesn't do this? It's normal. But do you know what God, listen, so if you're hearing those types of words, if you're speaking those types of words, if your friends are saying those types of words, it's not that big of a deal. It's normal. Listen, do you know how God speaks? He says, this will end in death. God in his love speaks truth and says, don't give in. This will lead to your death. Now listen, which, what voices do you tend to listen to in your head? It's not a big of a deal. Or like, dang, this could like ruin my life. I want you to know that is what God sounds like when we're, when we're presented with temptation. This can ruin your life. I'll get real with you guys. Um, I'm not that old, but the past six or so years since I graduated college, I've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of brokenness in people in my life, like firsthand, right? Like you hear about stuff, I've just seen it, like no way. Um, I have actually seen the death of friendships. I have actually witnessed the death of marriages I have actually witnessed the death of entire churches and ministries. I've I've watched the death of some of my best friends' relationship with God. I watched it die in front of me, dead. It's dead. I have watched it happen. All of those things, do you know how they started? With like a text message. With like, 
one tiny, small, unseen action that wasn't that big of a deal that nobody knew about. That's how it always, always starts. Like, if I, if I let myself think about it, it would break me down. I would cry seeing the death. And it always starts like that. It just starts small and unseen. And then it just goes on hidden. And people aren't willing to deal with it and confess it. And it just grows and then it brings forth death. And do you know what the infamous phrase I've heard from these people and I've seen from these people? Here it is. I can't believe this happened. How did this happen? How did I get here? Because they didn't believe that those tiny decisions would lead to death. They actually didn't believe it. They thought, do you know what? I am not like everyone else. I can get away with this. This won't bring forth death. I am able to have this sin and then my marriage too, or my ministry too, or my friendships too, or my walk with God too. I I can do it. And they, here's the thing, they actually believe it. So when death happens, the words that come out are, I can't believe this. And you know what the proper posture we should have is, I can believe that I am a day away from ruining my life. That's the right posture. I am capable, my broken, sinful desires, my flesh is capable of death, of a crazy amount of destruction. That is healthy. Listen, if you're thinking, I got this, you are walking towards death. If we have this posture of, man, my temptations, bow, beckon down, my temptations I face tonight can lead to death. That is the posture, James says, that is where you're, that is where death comes from, your own desires. And here's, here's the thing too. I, I don't know. I think it's just Satan. We do. We just think like we can handle it. Like we're not like those people who are going to ruin their lives. Um, here's a sobering example. You guys know David, King David wrote like half the Psalms. The only one in the Bible who said, I'm a, God said of him, this is a man after my own heart. Like there pretty much doesn't get better than David. Uh, David let his guard down and he thought I could handle this. And he saw the beautiful woman. And rather than turning from his temptation, he desired her. Even though she belonged to another man, he desired her. And then he had sex with her and then he chose to cover it up and then he lied about it and then he had her husband killed. That's a man after God's own heart. I'll just be real. If it could happen to David, it can happen to you, like tonight. That should be our posture. And I'll just ask you even one more painful question and I'll give you like a second to think about it. If you were to ruin your life tonight or this week, where would it be? What's the temptation right now that if things were to just to fall apart, what is that temptation? We all have it. We have it. We have many probably. I'm mean, Literally just give us a second and we have to be willing to look at that broken desire in our heart and say, if I were to give in, it would be there. Like what person, what action, what's the next step towards that? And then we should look at that thing and say, that will lead to my death, to maybe my relationship with God, my relationship with that person, my family, my ministry, my friendships. We just have to be willing to look at it and say, man, that will lead to death. Um, 
some of us, if not all of us, do have specific areas in, in our minds, or, or do you know what, even probably our pasts, our pasts, where I've like, we've given into temptation. And maybe it's led to death, maybe it's not there yet. Maybe some of us right now are like actually walking in that sin. Like we're just, tonight, we're gonna walk, continue in that temptation. Um, maybe some of us are just, it's past and something has died and we're just like so ashamed of it. Like my sin, my desires got me there. And when we come to church or we think about the Lord, it's just this shame. Um, I'll be honest, there's not one of us who hasn't given into temptation. There's not one of us. Even like the religious ones among us who serve at church and do good things, Jesus says, man, like that stuff apart from me is like filthy rags. In fact, the, the worst sin is thinking like I'm better than others and I don't have sin. That's pride. Like that's, you're blind to your sin. So either you're just in some serious shame or, or you're in some serious pride. Like I'm okay. That's not me. Sin always leads to death. Now, the most amazing thing in the history of the universe is that though our, our sins lead to death, God stepped in and said, I'll take your death. It'll lead to my death and you can live. That's insane. We have looked at God and said, I am choosing my own way and I'm walking towards death. And God in his love came as a man and said, I'm not gonna let you die. I'm gonna choose your death for, I'm gonna take your place on the cross and suffer all the consequences and take on your death that if you just trust in me, you will have life and forgiveness and you will not be condemned and your past will be forgiven and you will stand before me righteous, a son of daughter. All that filth that you feel will be cleansed away. God says, I forgive you and I accept you. Guys, that is the gospel that though we have all sinned, that we have all given in, right now, if you've trusted in Jesus, you don't face the death. Jesus says, I'll take your death. And do you know what else? Because of Jesus, not only do we not face our death, your temptations can be fought. Do you know that? Do you know if you don't trust in Jesus tonight, let me just say, don't even try in your own strength to fight your temptations like you can't. You need Jesus. If you were like, man, I'm in such wicked sin and I can't get out. And, I, and someone would say, well, do you know Jesus? They're like, no, but I just, give me some tips. Like, I just, wanna, I just wanna get over this addiction. Listen, you need Jesus. You need a new heart. You need to be filled with the spirit of God and the power of God and have truth declared over you that you are a beloved son and daughter. That's step one. But step two, if you're a Christian right now, you can face your temptations. You actually can. And so point number four that James makes is this, and it's in chapter five. Point number four is this, temptation is fought with true friends. I love that. I honestly love that. Temptation, your temptation is fought with true friends. I love that we don't just have to face the hardness of life like on our own or even just on our own with Jesus. Like God is like, hey, you need friends. You need help. And he has provided that. Look at James 5, 19. My brothers, if any one of you wanders from the truth, has anybody wandered? 
Yes. And someone brings him back. Let him know whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. We know this. I just said it. Do you know who your first friend is? It's Jesus who came after you, who left heaven. He's the good shepherd. He said, I'm going after you in your sin. I am leaving heaven. I'm going to chase after you, die on the cross, pursue you, and bring you back from death to life. If you're a Christian, that happened. You may not know that happened, but you were off wandering towards a cliff and Jesus came and said, you're not going that way. I am going to rescue you from your wandering and lead you to myself. And so our first friend is Jesus. Did you know that Jesus right now, if you're a Christian, he's praying for you? Did you know Jesus knows about the temptation you're going to face tonight? And he's praying for you that tonight you won't give in to temptation? He said to, to Peter, hey, I've prayed for you that Satan may not sift you. He says to God of you, I'm not asking you, God, to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Jesus, right now, just prayed for you. Keep them from the evil one. You have Jesus praying for you. Do you know what else? Jesus provides for us in 1 Corinthians 10. Paul says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Really quick, some of you guys are facing a temptation and the lie from Satan is, hey, you're the only one. You are not the only one. You have never faced a temptation. That's not common. It's common. We are in this boat together. Don't listen to Satan. It's common. Your temptations are common. As weird and twisted as they are, God's like, yeah, it's common. You trust me, you trust me, it's common. He says, it's not common to man. Then he says, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Any of you guys ever feel like just despair? Like, listen, I cannot not give in. God's like, that's a lie. If you are my son or daughter, you will not be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, God will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And a particular way of escape that James is talking about tonight is friends. God has provided you with friends, with brothers and sisters, and you need them. It, like, I, I like history. It's just insane to think of like D-Day, like World War II, like just send a Navy SEAL and he's like, I got this. I'm just gonna sneak up and just kill hundreds of thousands. Like I got this. That's what we are like when we try and face our temptations on our own. Like we're being ridiculous. We need help. We need friends. And Jesus has provided friends. Uh, practically, here's just a practical one. Just in the moment when you're facing that temptation, God is leading you through his spirit to say, hey, just like send a text message, ask for help, ask for prayer, reach out, call somebody, like reach out to someone. Another way your friends, good, true friends will help you is by coming after you when you're wandering. That's what a real friend does. Is it true friendship if you're walking off a cliff to die and your friend's like, oh man, I hope they, hope they figure that one out. Like what? And we live in a culture that says, hey, don't tell people they're gonna fall off a cliff and die. We actually live in a culture that says, just let them go. As long as they're not hurting anybody, just let them walk off that cliff. Jesus is saying, listen, you need friends to run after you when you wander and bring you back. Proverbs 27, six says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. If someone in your life is just giving you kisses metaphorically, listen, they're, they're actually not acting like your friend. And it takes, it takes courage 
to come after your friend when they're wandering. It takes courage. In fact, I'm gonna read this quote next week, but uh, any of you guys are lifeguards or know about lifeguards? One of the most dangerous things of being a lifeguard is when you're rescuing someone who's drowning, they like freak out and they pull lifeguards under because they're just in sheer panic. Like, I'm gonna die. Like it's, it's not, when we go after each other in wandering, it's not gonna be easy. Like, dude, get off, what, like leave me alone. Like, I'm fine. Like, that's part, and that's why it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes, I I even read this morning, David was praying, he said, let a righteous man strike me. What what else did he say, Travis? He says, says, it's a, we read it this morning, I forget. It's not a reading plan, it was so good. He's like, let a righteous man strike me, for he, like, basically will do me good. Like, let a righteous man strike me. Do you guys have people in your life who are willing to strike you and wound you and say, don't do that. I love you too much. Do you have people in your life who are gonna do that? Are you that kind of friend who's like, I'm gonna run after my friends because I love them and I'm gonna confront them. Um, Some of us tend to be like more, uh, I don't know what the word is, passive and just hope the best. Others of us, like me, I'll be honest, tend to be like, let's do this. Let's go wound them. Um, if that's you, if that, like some of us are like that. Um, if that's you, listen to this verse. This is important from Galatians 6.1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Some of us need to like step up our love. and be Like, man, I'm willing to confront. I'm willing to run after my friends. And others of us need to like, hey, spirit of gentleness, Yes, this is loving, but spirit of gentleness. And the last thing I just want to say and encourage us about temptation is this. The way of Jesus is denying a temporary desire and a temporary happiness to find an eternal desire and true happiness, okay? That just is what it is to follow Jesus, Following Jesus is denying my temporary desires and denying my temporary happiness because I want eternal joy and eternal happiness. Remember when Jesus says, what good is it to gain the world and lose your soul? He says, if you want to follow me, you're going to pick up a cross, which means death, which means denying yourself, which means denying those good things that are right in front of you and following me and trusting me and obeying me. That's normal Christianity. Um, I honestly, you guys, I get pretty frustrated when I see people say, hey, you can have all of your happiness and joy and of this life and Jesus. When, when people say, listen, when you obey Jesus, God's just gonna bless you and it's gonna go easy for you and you don't have to deny yourself and you're like, it's just gonna be better. Like, that's not what Jesus said. That's not what he said. He said, if anyone would follow me, he must pick up his cross and deny himself, and follow me. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to pick up a cross and say no to temptation. And if, if you're struggling to do that, just be encouraged. Like, that's what it is to follow him. And if you're saying, man, I want to have, I get all my temptations and Jesus, that's not what it is to follow him. Um, and you know what's funny? We even understand normal life is this way, right? Like, if you want any good thing, you have to say no to other good things. Like marriage, I, if I, I want to be married to my wife, I had to say no to all of you other women. 
That's just, and that's a good thing, right? We know that, we get that. Uh, if any of you guys are like in really good shape, you know, or if any of you have friends who are in really good shape, you know, they say no to a lot of stuff a lot of the times, right? Hey, do you want more pizza? Yes. Hey, do you want more of this, more of this, more of this? Of course I do, but I also want to be in shape. So I'm going to say no. That's just what it is. Uh, true, just the way the, the world works. If you want a good thing, you just have to say no to other things. And an eternal life works that way too. If you want to experience joy for eternity, you're going to have to say no to some temporary things in this life. And my last encouragement, it's this quote from uh, C.S. Lewis, if you guys have heard of him. He says, do you know what the problem with Christians are is? This is what he says. He says, your problem in following Jesus isn't that you have, your desires are just too strong and you just want too much life and you just want to experience so much goodness and it's just too hard to follow Jesus. Do you know what he said? He said, the problem with Christians today is your desires are too weak and you're settling for just cheap pleasures when Jesus, the eternal source of joy is offered to you. Your problem right now is not, I just love him too much. And I just want this joy so much. C.S. Lewis and Jesus would say, you are settling for just, just this tiny little piece of joy when I am giving you myself. Listen, to follow Jesus is to find a treasure that is better than anything else. To follow Jesus is to be like, I just found joy and life that will be offered me forever. And it's actually, it tastes better than that. And I'll say this, if that's not your experience, then you don't know what it is to follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't just obey and believe the right stuff and then go to heaven. It's not just deny yourself because you want to go to heaven. It's I just found the source of life and joy and pleasure. And it is so good that I will joyfully say no to this and this and this and this and this because I have Jesus. That is what it is to have a new heart that is filled with the spirit that loves God. And some of you tonight, rather than trying hard to fight a temptation, you need to just come to the source of joy and say, Jesus, I've never experienced you like that. To be honest, I don't really want you more than I want other stuff. Be honest with him. That is what it is to become a Christian. I need a new heart and new desires. And if you are a Christian, just be encouraged. Yes, it's denial. But let's remember the joy that you have at your fingertips right now. Jesus said, or God said, taste and see that the Lord is good. He didn't say, hey, just believe when you die, it'll be good. He says, hey, I'm actually offering you something tonight. Come and taste and experience my goodness. What we need in all of our temptations is something better. This is my like, lifetime example. I love donuts. And if there's a donut in front of me, I will just eat it. Uh, if it's a day-old donut, I'll eat it. If it's two-day-old, I'm like, mm, maybe I'll just go buy a donut because I'm thinking about donuts. Do you know my only hope for not eating bad donuts? This is my only hope. I'm already full. That's my only hope. If I'm hungry and there's a donut, I'm eating it. It's just how I am. My only hope is to be satisfied in advance. So when this day-old donut presents itself, I'm like, I mean, it's kind of good, but like, I'm not hungry. I'm okay. Do you know your only hope in following Jesus is to be previously satisfied with something better 
that when temptation comes, you're like, honestly, I'm okay. Jesus is better. His pleasure are better and eternity is a long time and I want to be with him forever. This is kind of hard, but I'm okay because I have Jesus. So tonight as we worship, I just have a feeling some of us just need to be honest. Jesus, I want that. I want to taste and see that you're better. I just don't experience that. And then if you do experience that, no, hey, it's a battle. You have this flesh and you're living this world where everyone's saying the opposite of what what is true. So and tonight, like, Let's, we're going to have some people up here for prayer. We're going to have communion. Like, let's just be really honest with one another and the Lord. Like, man, I confess I've been giving in to this. And man, I want to be really like serious for a quick second. If you are in a temptation, it will lead to your death. So tonight, bring it into the light. Like get it out, expose it. Don't hide it and cover it up. Because Jesus says, when you bring it to light and repent, there's forgiveness, infinite forgiveness. Jesus says, you're safe to expose your temptations tonight. He said, I was broken and bled that you can be forgiven of all of your sin. So let's not hide that tonight. Like just hear me pleading with you as if you're walking towards a cliff, know there is hope. Expose it, confess it, tell someone, tell Jesus, get it in the light. It'll be hard. It'll be turning. It'll be saying no. It'll be denying ourselves. But we're actually choosing life. Jesus loves you enough to say, just be honest with, with someone tonight. Confess your sins that you may be healed. So let's do that tonight. And then third, the most important thing, let's just enjoy Jesus. He is joy itself. In his presence is fullness of joy. And if you stick it out with Jesus, there will come a day when you will see him with your own eyes and you will be given a physical body that is not broken and you will be able to enjoy the best thing for eternity. That day is coming and it will be worth it. You will see Jesus and he will satisfy you and it will only get better and it's just gonna go on and on and on. So it's worth it to enjoy him. So let's worship him and look to him and enjoy him right now. Jesus, you are worthy and you are good and you are holy and all your gifts are good and you love us enough to speak truth to us and you are a good enough friend that you would come after us in our wandering. And so God, I just ask right now that for some of us who are just trying to like pull this thing off on our own strength that we would stop We're just trying to pull off obeying you on our own strength that we would stop, that we would in turn come to you and say, God, I can't do it. I need a new heart. I need faith. I need the spirit of God in me. I need help. Would some of us just be honest with you tonight and with one another? Would others of us who are just in temptation that will lead to our death, will we be honest? Holy Spirit, please bring truth out. Expose those areas where we're wandering by your grace. Would we not be able to just sit there in our seat? Would we have to share it with a friend? And then whoever we share it with, would they just remind us, Jesus died for that. And you are loved and forgiven and accepted. God loves you so much and he doesn't think less of you and he's covered you with his love and you are cleansed and forgiven. And then Jesus, above all, would we just enjoy you tonight? We don't wanna just do church and do the religious thing and the right thing like, we get to be in the presence of the source of joy right now. God, would you help us? Like we have unbelief and we're in these 
bodies and we can't see you and it's hard, but would you help us right now, God? Would you help us experience your presence? Would you give us belief? Would you help us to worship you and enjoy your presence tonight? God, we're panting after you. We need you. You're better. You satisfy. So help us tonight. Help us to enjoy you, Lord.